Welcome to the JBug Podcast. Today is Thursday, February 25th, 2021. And I just woke up from a dream, actually. It's 5.30 in the morning. (laughs) So I'm gonna talk about that for a minute. So I actually have a movie, a bit shoot, under the name J. Buck about the Mark of the Beast. And I've done some podcasts on the Mark of the Beast. I've talked about how COVID is the beast from Revelations 13. Because, well, you should go listen to that podcast, I guess. I don't need to get into that here. But I just woke up from uh, a dream. (laughs) And... The most awful realization. Actually, the dream was very peaceful. And the dream actually isn't related. It's just that the dream had me waking up with a certain presence with me. I felt a certain peace with me. And it was very humbling to have that feeling of peace. I know that that's from a very loving source. And so I was thinking about my dream and then... I just understood. I just had this understanding that there's two people in my life that are not human anymore because they took the mark of the beast. The vaccine changes you so that your body doesn't follow the word of God written in the cells. And so when you take the vaccine, you're no longer human. And the realization hit me that two people that I care about are no longer human. And the feeling I had was just, it was peace about the situation, but also sorrow. And unfortunately, some people just don't have eyes to see during this time. And some people, their lives have been so difficult. Some people's lives have been not easy at all, that they've chosen the way of no longer feeling their past feeling. And they've not been able to have the Holy Spirit reach them and tell them, don't take that. Or they've surrounded themselves with people that have taken away their agency. And so they weren't able to get out of that situation before it was too late. And... So I was sitting here on the couch just feeling those feelings of sorrow, but also these feelings of peace. And I decided I'd grab my scriptures. I was looking at the bookshelf and they were standing out to me like (laughs) a plate of fresh food wood on, (laughs) um, on a table. It was just really... So I decided to grab and flip open. I flipped open the Book of Mormon the third Nephi chapter 18 verse 32 it says nevertheless you shall not cast him out of your synagogues or your places of worship for unto such shall you continue to minister now of course I'm asking myself is it too late for these people you know so I flipped open to this you shall continue to minister for ye know not but what they shall return and repent And come unto me with full purpose of heart. So if you've just gotten the vaccine, 
and you're listening to this and you're getting pierced in your heart with sorrow because you're finally realizing that you messed up. <laughs> um, I'm telling you that Jesus is talking to you through me because he woke me up this morning with this peace. And I know that that's from him and this scripture to continue to minister for ye know not, but what they will return and repent and come unto me with full purpose of heart. And I shall heal them. And ye talking about me shall be the means of bringing salvation unto them. So these, these two particular people, if you're listening to the things I put out and you've just taken the vaccine, I want you to know what the Lord told me. You're no longer human. You've made a decision to no longer be human and you've made a decision to no longer be made in the image of God because this vaccine will destroy the word of God written in your cells. Okay. And you may have made this choice because you have moved away from hearing the Holy Spirit in your life because for whatever reason, it's not my job to judge about why. Okay. But there are consequences to your actions. So if in hearing this, you can feel sorrow for what you've done, that sorrow is from God. And that sorrow is to get you to wake up and see the situation for what it is. Now, if you're able to do that and you come unto Jesus with full purpose of heart, he can heal you from this. This is what it's saying here. And I know that God doesn't lie. And then the next verse says, Therefore keep these sayings which I have commanded you, that ye come not under condemnation, for woe unto him whom the Father condemneth. So that's, first of all, that's for me. I take that as a personal message to not judge others. Because if I'm judging other people... I just woke up, I just had this vision again of the sheep and the goats because goats represent the um, fallen angel DNA. But remember that Jesus descended below all things. So the Bible says that there's a cutoff point. There's a point where you can no longer be saved. That's a lie because Jesus descended below all things. Okay. So all this fallen angel DNA yeah, Jesus descended below that. I know there are people out there who will say that there's a certain point where you can't be saved. And I'm here to tell you under the power of the Holy Spirit that that is untrue. That again is a lie from the devil who has changed the words in the scriptures, in the Bible in particular. He's changed the words. And if you've read anything about there's a point of condemnation where you can't be forgiven... That is not from God. Even there are even prophets in my church who said that. I'm thinking about Joseph Smith when he talked about the uh, unpardonable sin and that you can't be forgiven of that. Again, when I read the scripture that says, Therefore keep these sayings which I have commanded you that ye come not under condemnation, for woe unto whom the Father condemneth. So the first message in that. Be careful that you don't condemn somebody outside of the spirit because you, if you condemn someone that God loves and cares about and is willing to save, 
And if you tell them that they're condemned and you tell them that they can't repent, when he says right here that continue to minister for them, for ye know not, but that they will repent and come unto me with full purpose of heart and I will heal them. So if you're the person that's telling them that they can't repent when God is telling them that they can, not good for you, is it? Okay, because woe unto whom the Father condemneth. How can God give you salvation when you're trying to tell someone else that they can't have salvation? Okay, whoa, that's a big mistake right there. But the other message is you need to keep the commandments of God. And never at any time has God written in the scriptures that we should get a vaccine. In fact, the scriptures say that we should not partake of that which would mingle with our, our flesh. Like the fallen angels in the Bible, the, those who uh, partook of the Nephilim, the fallen angel DNA, that was an abomination, okay? Daniel 12 is very clear that there will be an abomination set up in the last days. And I have told you by the spirit of revelation in me that that is the vaccine, now it's going to get worse probably. There may be a biochip as well. There are also there are already nano materials in other words metals that are of metals that are of uh micron size like the size of uh 10 to the ne 10 to the negative ninth size meters. So extremely small size and they um, have been given the ability to assemble inside the body. Okay. So this, uh, coronavirus is a way of getting the body able to receive these things that have been in the chemtrails, that have been in the air, that have been in the water, that have been in the food. But Jesus can heal us of these things. He can, if you believe, and come unto him with full purpose of heart. So if you and your heart are pierced with sorrow if you've been vaccinated, first of all, you need to realize you're no longer human because of the choice you've made. And if you can recognize that what you did was wrong and you return into Christ with full purpose of heart, he can heal you. But if you continue to go down this road and keep getting vaccinated and keep, um, you know, eventually taking the mark, um, yeah. God can't recognize you as human. You've got to repent first and... Um, it's just going to take you another set of years. I don't know how long if you choose not to repent. In other words, you're going in the wrong direction. You're going away from that, which is going to bring you your heart's desire. Okay. And people do that because they give up. They give up that they'll ever have their heart's desire because they stop trusting that God will give it to them because they, I'll tell you what, I'll... Let's see. Let me finish this. the message the Spirit's telling me to, to finish. Then I can go into uh, some of the... Uh, some of the stuff I was trying to go into. But this, I need to get this... What the Spirit's saying needs to get out. <sighs> okay, so I'm going to back up a couple verses, okay? So it says... If it so be that he repenteth, let's see. This is a scripture that's talking about don't give the flesh and the blood to the wrong to somebody who's 
unworthy, okay? For whoso eateth and drinketh my flesh and blood unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to his soul. Therefore, if ye know that a man is unworthy to eat and drink, excuse me, of my flesh and blood, ye shall forbid him. Nevertheless, he shall not cast him out from among you, but ye shall minister unto him and shall pray for him unto the Father in my name. And if it so be that he repenteth and is baptized in my name, then shall you receive him and shall minister unto him of my flesh and blood. Now that's talking, that's not talking about literally his flesh and blood. That's talking about the sacrament. <clears throat> but if he repent not, he shall not be numbered among my people that he may not destroy my people. For behold, I know my sheep and they are numbered. Okay, so there are those who will destroy the sheep if they're numbered among them. And so there must be um, a separation, okay? It doesn't mean God doesn't love the goats. He does. But there must be a separation to protect the sheep because God loves the sheep as well and doesn't want them destroyed either. And so if you're listening to this and you've taken the vaccine, the message I have for you is that because you've taken the vaccine, you're no longer human. The DNA in your body is being programmed to create things that God didn't tell it to do. Okay. Now, if you're able to hear this and you're able to be struck deeply in your heart with remorse, that is the healing power of the atonement of Jesus Christ. And if you come unto him and ask for forgiveness, don't do it any anymore don't get these vaccines anymore he can for, he can heal you of this okay please hear me when i'm telling you jesus knows how your body works he designed it and he can give the body instructions that will counteract the instructions that you've just received in this vaccine i know that he can do this because i have had things administered to me against my will and God has, has removed them supernaturally. Okay. Um, so God has access obviously to technology that we don't have and to science that we don't have. He can fix this. And if you don't repent, if you don't, if you listen to this and you can't even feel that piercing sorrow, then yeah, you're not going to, be ready when Christ comes because you're going to have to go a different way to get back home. And that's fine. That's your choice. There's nothing wrong with you making your choices. Um, but when we follow God, his intention is to give us the desires of our hearts and life can be rough. Okay. Life can be really rough. That's what I want to talk about next. So Okay, generational abuse. There's a, there's a type of generational abuse that makes this much worse, but you don't have to be part of generational abuse to suffer from this, okay? You can just be an average person and suffer from this, okay? But if you're part of generational abuse, it might there might be a bigger chance you've suffered from this, okay? And this is a type of work I've studied by Grant Maffectridge. I've been led to study this. He was led to study this because he was finding cures for schizophrenia, and he was actually able to do a lot of good work his dad had schizophrenia and he was able to bring his dad back from schizophrenia. So he is an inspired man. His work is extremely inspired by their fruits. He shall know them. Okay. 
and he spent his life on this journey to understand how our mind works and how our, our consciousness works. And what he found about our consciousness is that our consciousness develops quite a bit in the womb. Okay. When our mother is pregnant with us and we're in the womb, you have to understand that our consciousness develops from the physical body before it becomes part of our thinking patterns. Okay. The organization of, of the chromosomes and the DNA and the ribosomes in the cell of the body in this, the create and give rise to our awareness, our self-awareness and our thought patterns and our ability to think, because let's, let's lay it down very simply how we think. Okay. The way we think is we take one thought and then if we have another thought that's similar to that thought, we associate it together. And then if we have another thought that's similar to that thought, we associate it, it together. And then what ends up happening is we have a sequence of thoughts that are associated together and this gives rise to our consciousness. So if you want to break the consciousness of somebody... First of all, pain, causing them a lot more pain than what they can associate together will do the job, okay? But there's a very permanent and lasting type of trauma that affects people their, the rest of their life. And this type of trauma is called in utero trauma, okay? This is trauma that occurs when you're in your mother's womb. This type of trauma separates your consciousness and creates separate consciousnesses. But what's worse than that, and most everybody has some variation of it, okay? But what's worse than that is when you're in pain to, to more than what you can associate or assimilate in utero, what happens is you have an emotional reaction. And the emotional reaction is that you feel that your mother's feelings at that moment of extreme pain are your own. And you feel that you need those feelings in order to survive. This is the very beginning of associating with somebody's emotion in your personal environment and survival. So what happens if your mother is feeling a certain emotion? Okay, let's say she has uh, a very strong emotion of anger during a trauma. Now, let's say uh, the contractions have started and the contraction is pushing so hard on you, you're a baby, and it's cutting off your blood supply, okay? For just during that contraction, the blood supply, okay, when you, when you are pregnant, they will put a fetal monitor and they will monitor the fetal heart rate. Because what happens sometimes during birth and during labor is the contractions will be squeezing so hard that for a small bit of moments, the blood flow to the baby is actually um, restricted a bit. Now, that's just a simple trauma that can occur. So let's say that the mother is feeling a feeling of anger because what happens when you're in labor if you're a woman and you're going through labor, what happens is you're going to have emotions arise that you haven't assimilated before because you're in a physical state 
of great pressure, and I'm not going to say pain because it doesn't always have to be pain, but it's physical pressure. And in that state of physical pressure, you reassociate other traumas in your life. Okay. And that's a time sometimes generationally you can have emotions come up that you haven't even known that you had. Okay. So if you're having a negative emotion and it does happen, unfortunately, when you're in labor, sometimes those feelings, in fact, if you can work through your emotions when you're in labor, you have a better labor. Okay. If you have somebody who like, that's why a lot of women are learning to have doulas because if you have somebody that can help you feel safe and if you're not feeling safe, that can help you work through that feel. I had a friend tell me that she had someone help her color during labor and, and talk about the colors and her feelings and it helped her relax during the labor. Okay. Because when a woman is in labor, you look at a woman, <laughs> look at a woman I look at a picture of her eyes before and after giving birth, okay? Because after there's a there's wisdom in those eyes after giving birth, okay? Cuz you are becoming more in touch with the physical body. Okay. I'm way going off on tangents here. I'm sorry. <laughs> Basically, if you're, let's say your mother was feeling uh, anger and a moment of great pressure and the baby was in pressure and the mother was in pressure and the mother had this feeling of anger come up because it was triggered by the contraction and the baby needs his mother to survive. What the baby does is he reaches up and grabs onto that feeling of anger with all his life. Okay. And he thinks he needs that to survive. That's what happens. Because he feels like during that moment of great intense um, suffocation or whatever the trauma is, he feels like he's going to die. And so to, to save his life, just like if you're drowning, you'd reach out for something to grab onto, okay? he With his emotions, with his associations, he reaches and associates with that feeling of anger, and feels like he must have that anger in his environment to survive, okay? So when you've got a mother who has feelings of self-worth and I'm issues, and I'm sorry, but like most women do. I, I'm sorry. I wish that this was not the case. Really, women's self-esteem is necessary for the survival of the human race. And the human race is failing at helping women <laughs> with their self-esteem. Because... How many women have postpartum depression? How many women feel depressed unless they're like making money? Okay. Women have self-esteem issues. And unfortunately, especially with abuse, okay, those self-esteem issues can be really, really powerful. So what happens is if you're, again, being born, if you're in, and it doesn't have to be during the birth process. It can be any time during labor, you know. Um, Grant Mefecture had had something hurt his leg when he was in utero. <laughs> and like we just, we get these um, traumas and we, we don't associate them. So I don't want to talk about myself. <laughs> but let's say that the mother has self-esteem issues. 
okay and let's say that there's something happening okay in, in situations where there's like generational abuse there can be things done to the mother okay especially when she's pregnant and this is purposely done because they know they can fracture the mind this way when the baby's in the womb bad guys so basically if a mother's put in a position of trauma while she's pregnant well a mother's job is to protect her baby okay and when she can't do that, see, the mother's love is like a, a mother's love is like this protective shield. OK, this protective shield that protects the baby while it's in the womb. So if the mother's being hurt and the baby's being hurt, that shield can be penetrated, basically. So if the mother's feeling low self-esteem and there's a situation of abuse, let's say the mother is raped while she's pregnant or something like that, something horrible, um, and the baby is harmed during that process, and so the baby's under trauma, the baby will literally feel like they just fell into hell, like emotionally, because they'll feel like they need to grasp on to the mother's emotions in order to survive. And the mother's emotions are terrible at that moment. They're just awful. And the baby will hold on to that and think it needs that to survive. And then you wonder why people grow up and they get themselves in the worst abusive relationships possible. Because they have an association physically that they need that type of environment to survive. And this is not anybody's fault. This is just a mistake this is just an accident in how our, our consciousness develops. And so you get people with horrible sex addiction. You know, a lot of, there are some people who've been able to trace their sex addiction back to in utero trauma because they literally felt like they needed that, whatever feeling that that sex addiction brought them, um, traces back to them grabbing onto that negative feeling in the womb. Not everyone. But some people where it's like this addiction and they want to overcome it and they want to overcome it and they feel awful, they can't overcome it. it, it can trace back to being in the womb and having a trauma occur. And when that trauma occurred, reaching out to the mother's emotions as a environment safety mechanism, trying to save themselves emotionally, they're trying to save themselves and the physical body at that time is still developing its ability to think, feel, and associate experiences in the body and it makes the association when I'm feeling this way this is how to survive when I'm feeling terribly low self-esteem this is how to survive and then you put yourselves in situations for example where you can never have a healthy relationship that brings that low self-esteem back right and then it's just as sad. It's it just repeats. And we got to go back and heal that by associating those feelings of low self-esteem, those feelings of complete lack of worth with a time where you felt like you needed it to survive and you were in your mother's womb. If you can make that association and it requires doing regression work, I don't know how else to do it. You've got to regress back to that time when you were in utero. How do you do that? I'll tell you how you do that. Okay, when you have those addictions, this is from Grandma Fedger, please 
please, this is for educational purposes, please don't go get yourself hurt. You know, you really need an expert. You really need a friend that knows what they're doing when you work through trauma because you can bring up feelings that are too intense. And if you don't have somebody to support you with that, you might not be in your right mind when you go through that. And let's just, just be careful. Okay. In fact, in fact, okay. I, in my own journey of healing trauma, I have built in a mechanism where I process trauma in small amounts. Okay. Because trauma, if you're going to sit and do a session and you're going to feel the whole trauma and it's an extreme type of trauma, uh, it is going to be so painful. It's just going to be so painful. And nobody wants to go into something that's like that for no reason. We do need to heal. Okay. But you you also need to be aware of the fact. If you're going to go heal something, the physical body feels like it's going to die. <laughs> okay. When you go and regress and do a trauma, you have to have the mental capacity to go into that darkness and realize you're going to be okay. So if you can think objectively, that can help. But what I have is this built-in mechanism to protect me. And what my built-in mechanism is, is I take my traumas and I use the, the healing model that Gary A. Flint developed for healing trauma. And he's got some YouTube videos up. So if you want to look up um, Gary A. Flint, Gary A. Flint on YouTube, his channel on, uh, uh, it's the process healing method, process healing method. Um, that he's the one that developed this. Okay. So I've got to make sure I give him fair credit. Um, what he has you do when you've got trauma to heal is he has you take your trauma and assign it. Let's say if you start to heal your trauma, which means you've got to regress into the pain of that trauma. So let's say you're starting to heal it. Okay. And the pain is, let's say you can fill a hundred units of pain. Okay. So if you're healing from a trauma and you start to feel it physically in your body and in your mind, you would label that as a hundred units of pain. Okay. <clears throat> now this is just an intention you set. Okay. When you set an intention, your subconscious will make it so. Okay. Let it be written. Let it be done. Um, the way your subconscious works is you can set an intention with a metaphor. You can use a metaphor to set an intention. It's like building a factory to make you potato chips. Okay. Your intention is like that factory and then the subconscious will, will make you the potato chips will run the factory. Okay. So the intention you set is that if you can fill a hundred units of pain to stop and, uh, break it into units of five. Okay. So that you can process that trauma in sets of five units of pain at a time. And then you stop and rest and you bring yourself to full recovery. And then you'll process another five units of pain and another five units of pain. So the, the amount of pain is so small that you won't even fill it in your conscious mind. Okay. So what will happen is your subconscious will start processing the trauma, but your conscious mind can go about its normal daily life. 
So this method is the preferred method. Now, Grant McFetridge that I've studied in his wholehearted healing method, he'll regress you into the real raw fillings and you'll just have a session. You'll fill those fillings. <laughs> and again, that is not recommended to do alone. Okay. If you're going to be healing trauma alone, I recommend the Gary A. Flint method. You're going to be doing five units of pain at a time. Then you're going to tell your body you stop processing that pain. You take a break. You bring yourself up to full recovery. If you don't do that, if you just start processing trauma like crazy, what's going to happen is you're going to forget why you're even alive. Okay. Because the purpose of being alive, according to your brain, not according to your religion, according to your brain is to have joy. Okay. The physical body is trying to associate good experiences. That's the purpose. Okay. So if you create a bunch of bad experiences because you're healing too fast, you're going to get, yeah, you're going to go to a place you don't want to go. Do you see what I'm saying? You've got to go slowly. There's no virtue in going into healing quickly. This type of healing takes a lifetime. Most people are not going to finish healing all their trauma in this life. However, when you heal it, you'll feel better. You'll have more energy. Your health problems will go away. And you'll heal this. It will pass on to your children too when you heal this. And it will help your ancestors too. And it will help you, um, if you believe in past lives, heal those past life memories and stuff. Okay, so it's worth it. It's a worthy journey to go on. But it is not worth it to do it too quickly, okay? If you have a specific problem in your life, what you can do is you can find the, the specific trauma. And now we all have a lot of traumas that are associated together. So what happens if you can go back to the earliest trauma and heal that, what happens is all the traumas built upon that will be automatically healed. And so if you have a specific, like let's say you've got a phobia or an obsession or if you've got a health problem, um, if you can find the trauma associated with that particular issue you're having in your life and go back and heal that particular issue, like if you have relationship issues and you go back and you heal the conception trauma because that's a trauma that makes it so that your heart and mind don't work together as well as they should. Grant McFetcher's does worksheets where he works with people for like nine straight hours. And he actually plays um, Beethoven's Fifth Symphony because that, that symphony relates to people on a very core neurological level. And it helps the body associate the thoughts and the feelings of, uh, I mean, you're a mechanism. Your, your neural thoughts and your, and your neural feelings as stored by way of neural, neural memory, neural networks. So I'm, I'm way blabbing. I'm sorry. So what I'm saying is if you've got a core trauma when you are in utero, in the womb, you may um, it, it can manifest as like a sex addiction. It can manifest as relationship issues. It can manifest as really low self-esteem sometimes that can be triggered. It's not like you'll have this all the time, but there will be some times where you, you trigger it. And the association when it's in the, when the trauma occurred in utero is that you need that to survive because your mother's emotions are like this, are like your, are like your house when you're a baby in the, in the womb that's your house is your mother's emotions. And so if there was someone that broke into that house and then the emotions were very negative, you may feel like that that's necessary to be in that negative environment to, to survive. And you might go date people that are angry. If, if you associated your survival with anger, 
date people that put you down and abuse you because you may have associated survival with having low self-esteem. Date people who reject you and abandoned you over and over and over again because you feel like that it's necessary to have low self-esteem to survive. The issue is that you're associating that negative environment with survival. That's the issue. That's the in utero issues. You're associating a very negative environment with survival. And so I'm trying to tell people who are listening that we need to have compassion for people because people feel like they have to be in pain to survive and that gets old real quick. And so people choose to not feel anymore. That's when you get past feeling, okay? And it's not because you're evil. I mean, humanity's really got to overcome this this uh, obsession with calling people evil when they're not. They're just trying to survive. Our physical bodies are trying to survive and it can get and accidents happen. <laughs> okay? So if you want that to be healed, there's answers. It may take some healing work. As the Lord has shown me, he's led me into this understanding. Oh, I was going to tell you the, the wholehearted healing method for lay people. I just go look it up. Peakstates.com. <clears throat> just Google search. Okay. Peakstates.com. The wholehearted healing method for lay people. Look that up on Google. It will bring up the article Grant McFedridge wrote. He, you could also buy his book, The Wholehearted Healing Method, and he, he's got it in there. But, well, that is what it is, The Wholehearted Healing Method. But what it is in a nutshell, and again, don't be doing this without help. Don't be doing this without a mechanism to stop the healing when it starts to interfere with your life, okay? But just so you know what it is, for educational purposes... If you want to regress into a particular trauma so that you can heal it, what you've got to do is you've got to tap into the neural memories that are associated with that trauma. And the way he has you do it in the book, The Wholehearted Healing Method, is you imagine a time where you felt that feeling. Okay? So if you had low self-esteem because of something that happened that at work, or if something happened in a relationship and you, you had that feeling that you're trying to heal, that negative emotion... Or if you have like an addiction, you've got to think of a time where you had that negative feeling. What was that negative feeling where you're like, well, I need a drink now. I need a cigarette now. I need a drug now. Okay. What was the feeling you felt? What was the feeling you felt that took, that brought you into that addiction? What was the situation that brought you into You've got to fill it. You've got to go into that situation and fill it. Okay. Now, before you go any further... <laughs> You need to hold that situation in your mind. Again, this is educational purposes. I'm not telling you to actually do this because these can be, these feelings can be intense and you may need a professional to help you. And what's, what's more is when you heal one trauma, what happens is you may have other traumas that are hiding more pain decide it's their turn to come up. You see what I'm saying? So sometimes we've got traumas that are layered on top of other traumas to protect us from from worse pain so please do be careful okay but if you're a woman and you've given birth you're like it's gonna happen you're gonna start having um traumas come up because just the birthing process forces you to associate with your physical body that's just how it is that's why women are more intuitive than men if if you've given birth you will be associating with your physical body more than if you haven't and that's fine i mean it's not not about people being better than others it's just nature okay um, 
I'm going off on a tangent again, aren't I? So, okay, maybe there's a trauma I'm subconsciously um, preventing myself from accessing because me talking about it is probably my mind's probably going to a place why I'm going on tangents. See, and it's amazing when you're in touch with your with your subconscious, it you get information from it. And your subconscious, my subconscious has given me information that's just astounded me when I've asked my subconscious, I want you to resolve this and then give me the answer. And, and this worked, <laughs> giving me some huge breakthroughs. In fact, the, another thought that's coming to me is the guy who invented the sewing machine is trying to figure it out. He couldn't figure it out. And he had this dream of like these um, Indians and they had these spears, right? And they're the holes in the tips of the spears. And that's when he's like, Eureka, I could put the uh, the hole near the head of the needle instead of near the near the back of the needle and that's how he was able to invent the sewing machine his subconscious actually solved the problem for him so if you're finding like you have a conflict in your life ask your subconscious to solve it just ask your subconscious solve this problem then give me the answer in words that's what i do and uh anyway i had a very long-standing conflict that was resolved that way myself but anyway in regards to good and evil because that's you know that's me but Back to the subject. So you're trying to heal a trauma. This is the wholehearted healing method for lay people. So you need to find that feeling. You need to find, you need to have a memory of a time you had the feeling come up that you're trying to heal. So if you're not feeling good, then you already have a situation because you're not feeling good. Okay. Um, but after you found that emotion and, and you're thinking, okay, I felt that feeling because of this situation at work or the situation at home or the situation relationship. Once you know what the feeling is, this is the next step. When was another time you felt this feeling? This exact same feeling. This is how our dreams work too. They actually associate these things together with symbols. But when was another time in the past that you felt this exact same way? Oh, it was yesterday. Cause I always feel this way the minute I get home from work. No, <laughs> hopefully not. It's not, hopefully it's not every day, but the negative emotion that you're trying to heal. If you want to find the trauma that that negative emotion was linked to, you need to find when was another time in my past that I felt this way? Because what we're trying to do is we're trying to get the earliest memory possible of you feeling this way before we regress into it and heal it. So, okay. When was the time earlier in my life? When was the earliest time in my life? I felt this way. You might have a memory pop into your head of being a kid. You may not. You may have just the emotional memory of being a kid and you may not know the time and place, but you may have the emotional memory and you may feel I was about like four years old or something. Okay. That's what's coming to me because I can tell my subconscious is actually doing this process as I'm speaking. Um, okay. So you're four years old and you're feeling that feeling. Okay. When was the earlier time? Uh, and then the number in, in this instance for me, like the number zero comes to me, but that means maybe in utero, that could be, <clears throat> see, when you get really good at this, you regress back to being the egg and the sperm, believe it or not, because that was the assimilation of our consciousness. So it could be what you were, you could be the egg. I'm seriously traveling down the fallopian tube and there could have been a trauma there. In fact, Graham Effector says there is for most people, there's a coding that occurs as the egg leaves the ovary 
And that coding actually takes away your ability to remember your past lives. If you believe that or not, you go back and heal that trauma, you'll get your past life memories back, believe it or not. But there's always going to be an emotion associated with that trauma. That, And what happens is that emotion will repeat itself different times through your life. And so you'll get different associations with that particular feeling. You're trying to trying to heal a trauma. You need to go back to as early as possible. And again, you may not have all the memory, but you'll have this, your body knows, okay? Your body knows. Trust your body that it will get you where you need to go. You're just needing to hold the feeling that you're trying to heal. Once you've um, found the earliest memory and there may, your subconscious may tell you <clears throat> at this time or maybe after it's healed, um, a false belief you have that was associated to that trauma. Because once you've been through pain, your mind tries to come up with like an algorithm to protect you from that pain. And so it will say, you know, I mean, it kind of, you can understand obsessive compulsive disorder. Let me say, you know, never, never get, you know, be afraid of heights. It could be something like that. Like don't, don't climb a ladder again, or don't, um, don't date someone with a nose that's shaped like that again. Or I don't know. Just like your your mind comes up with these rules to protect you from that pain again. And they're never based on reality. They're always based on, like, they're always a false belief. Okay? So when you heal traumas, you'll have the false belief come up and purge. Okay? Again, in the church, there's this false belief that God doesn't love you after you've done a certain amount of sins. And that you, there's a place where you're going to be damned forever. See, the, the scriptures are the record. But the record is based on the human's experience. Not God's experience, but our experience. So if we've got experience that's based on trauma, the record will have mistakes in it. So when we're reading scripture that says, well, you can't be forgiven. Just keep in mind who it was that wrote the scriptures. It was human beings. And human beings get the record wrong when there's a trauma. And it's almost universal that humans feel cut off from God. Which can be redeemed. Again, Grant McFetridge talks about the creator state. In fact, his the reason why his, um, his uh, institute is called the Peak States Institute is when you heal certain traumas, you get peak states back. Like I said, it's totally worth it to heal. It's totally worth it to clear and purge out your traumas. Um, but because then you get peak states back, you start feeling good emotionally. Like it, we, t we want to heal from mental illness in this society, but we don't understand that it's not just about not being ill. It's also about being well. So when you heal those traumas, you can start redeeming states of wellness. <sighs> Some people who have been through horrible things. If they've learned how to heal their traumas, they're actually better off then had they not had those things, not because the things that happened to them were good, but because it taught them how to heal intense trauma. And they're, if they're able to literally overcome it, they will have better mental health. <laughs> um, anyway, that's, that's the Lord has led me on that, but it's difficult. It is very difficult to do that. So when you've, you've regressed to the earliest memory you can back to the wholehearted healing method, when you regress to the earliest memory that you can, where you felt that painful emotion that you associate with the painful emotion that you've got in the present that you're trying to heal. So if you've got an addiction and you can associate it with a certain painful emotion and you found another painful emotion earlier in your life where you felt the same thing, 
now you're getting into regressing, you know, just set the intention to regress to the earliest time you felt this way. And again, you may not have all the information about it in your conscious mind, but you just set the intention to go back to the earliest time that you've ever felt this way. And then you put your hand on your heart. If you don't put your hand on your heart, you may not heal it all the way. It's very imperative that you put your hand on your heart. That keeps you in your body. If you're not in your body, you won't associate and you won't heal. Okay? So you put your hand on your heart. And you feel the feeling. So you've you set the intention to go back to the very earliest time you've ever felt this way. Put your hand on your heart and just feel it. And picture like your heart has a, having like a drain in the middle of your heart and the emotion drains out. And I like to picture Jesus taking my pain, okay? I'm actually doing it right now. Because <laughs> um, as I've been talking, I've had an emotion come up. And so I've just been, I mean, this is, I've integrated this into my part of my life. But if you're trying to heal and you're sitting there gabbing, you're not healing. But that's the point. The way I do it is I do it in tiny amounts. I don't just sit there and do the whole thing. Um, I do the Gary A. Flint method, which is if you can feel 100 units of pain, then just do five units at a time. And after that five units is healed, and you feel completely restored and recovered and rested, make sure that you have a time to rest after each one, then you heal the next five units and then the next five units until the whole thing's done. But the way Gary, or that was the Gary A. Flint method, but the way Grant McFetridge has you do it is he has you go into it and fill the whole thing and ha have you do a half hour session. And again, for these people that are healing conception trauma, for instance, so that your mind and heart can be one and that will bring you the inner, the inner peace state is what he calls it inner peace yeah he'll have a nine-hour session in his workshops and he's found codes too that are words and a lot of these words actually have a scriptural ring to them but these were actually codes that the body uses to associate so that it can align itself correctly so there's actually a code for healing the mind and body. And he says that in his book. I think it's okay to share. A lot of his codes he doesn't recommend sharing. Oh, I just got goosebumps. Because, again, you don't want to heal this type of trauma unless you've got someone to help you. Okay? <clears throat> because you can feel like... If you're healing conception trauma, for example, when you were the egg and the sperm was coming, you could feel like... You literally feel like you're like just like living in a house and a bunch of bad guys surround the house and are trying to break in. That's not normal, okay? If the if the conception went by went through with no trauma, it's like a royal wedding, is what Grant McFetridge talks about. So it's like you got the the princess and the prince and they're just having this royal wedding and king and queen and it's all wonderful. Okay, that's what conception is supposed to feel like. But the average person had some trauma with conception. Okay, the uh, the sperm bangs its head on the egg when it's trying to get in and uh, the sperm has to leave its tail behind. And that can be very traumatic for the sperm. And the egg, you know, is supposed to be able to um, find the right sperm. And like, it's supposed to, it feels like you're using your arms to pull it in. And it depends on where the sperm comes in. See, you associate when you're an egg, you feel like a human because there's people who've regressed into this and they, they can tell you when you're the egg you feel like you have two arms. You feel like you have a head. You feel like you have a body. <laughs> and so you, you're, when all the sperm are coming, according to those who've regressed and remembered, 
you actually see one of the sperm is like more lighted up than the rest. And that's your sperm. And so it's like, you want to grab it and pull it into you. And so, uh, I think what happened for me is it's like the sperm hit. Cause I've relived this. I've actually relived my head hitting. It felt like I hit my head really hard. And so the sperm didn't come in. Cause once the sperm hits the egg, the egg releases a chemical and it coats it so that no other sperm can come in. And so with, with my conception that I've healed and regressed is, is like the sperm when I was the sperm, cause you're both, you're the egg and the sperm. So if you're a female, you more associate with being the egg. If you're a male, a lot of times you associate more with being the sperm, but you're both. And that's where you get this um, double mindedness, this left brain, right brain thing. Cause you're both the, the sperm and the egg. <laughs> um, but when you're healing that conception, you're no longer left brained or or right brain, your whole brain, and that brings inner peace. That's when the mind and the heart are one. <laughs> um, so the scriptures talk about having an eye single glory to God. So that's what happens when you heal conception trauma. But in my case, what I think happened is like the sperm hit the egg and then tried to like go away and then had to come back or something, something like that. Whereas like <laughs> this horrible trauma with like. <sighs> I'm never going to get married or it's like unrequited love type thing, right? <laughs> like I think that unrequited love goes back to being afraid that the sperm wasn't going to make it. It's like you found the sperm. It was almost there. And then it like it turned away for a split second. It had to come back in because it's like it got its head hurt or something. But the egg felt rejected. <laughs> and so you can go through the whole conception thing and the egg is still feeling rejected even though it went through, but it wasn't associated all the way. And so the merging of the, the, the material in the sperm, the material in the egg, the merging wasn't completely, so it did happen, but it wasn't associated as happening. And so now you've got like these two different sides to you, the sperm side and the egg side or the right brain, and the left brain. So it's, it's, it's really incredible. If you're interested in it, I'd recommend purchasing Grant McFetridge's books, mainly the volume two peak states of consciousness, volume two, that goes into greater detail in all of this, but all of the books reference each other so when I read the books he's like well read this in this book so I have to go read that in that book and he's like well read this in this book so you have to go back and forth to to understand it but volume two does a pretty good job explaining in depth I like to have the in-depth understanding of things but anyway so you want to fill the filling all the way and so that means if you're doing it Grant McFetrish's way you don't talk don't like you know it's nice if you can curl up in a ball you can go lay down and fill the filling. And what I like to do is I actually like to take a nap because that actually gets you, that's a way to heal trauma. When you're sleeping, you're healing trauma automatically. So when you've set the intention and you've regressed and then you take a nap, uh, you can really, um, it's efficient. Let's just, that's it. it. It works. Um, if you're cranky, I don't know. Some people notice that if they're cranky, go take a nap and you'll feel better. Because if you're cranky, you've actually accessed a trauma. And so if you just go take a nap, your dream state can actually take care of it. Because that's what our dream states too. It actually associates trauma by associating feelings. It uses our feelings to find trauma because a negative feeling is a sign that there was a trauma in the body. Because there is some sort of a loss in the body. A pain is a loss of the body. A loss of well-being, a loss of health. And that brings an emotion. The emotion is to tell you, hey, 
you know, you used to have a healthy finger and now you cut your finger and it's hurting now. So, um, anyway, I've got to go because my time is almost up on this podcast, but, um, let me just do a new segment real here. Okay. So I'm on a new segment now, so I'm good. Um, yeah. So if you get a pain in the body, you're going to feel sad about it. And that's on purpose. You're supposed to feel sad about it because you used to be healthy and now something got hurt. So you've experienced loss. And so your emotions are there to inform your brain, Hey, something's wrong with the body. And then your body, hopefully the body can find it. Okay. Communicate with the nervous system of the body, find that pain. So emotions are very healthy. When you have negative emotions, that's healthy. (laughs) That's helping you realize there's something that happened that needs to be assimilated. Uh, once it's assimilated, once the, once the conscious mind is aware of it, it can heal it. And then you should feel better. And that's the whole point. That's the whole point of doing any trauma healing is to feel better. Okay. Okay. So back to the, um, well, let's just, uh, cap this off. Some people have been through so much pain through no fault of their own. They haven't found the tools to heal it. And they're just in this perpetual experience of getting triggered and getting triggered and they just not the problem with trauma is when you're getting triggered by it it feels hopeless if it's not hopeless but it feels hopeless when you're in it and so people at that point that's when the devil comes to him and says will you take my apple will you take my vaccine you don't have to feel anymore will you take my demon because you don't have to feel this pain anymore i got a demon you can take this demon and you won't feel the pain Take this drug, you won't feel the pain. Take this food, you won't feel the pain. Take this addiction, you won't feel the pain. Pain's still there. Pain isn't healed. That's when the devil offers you something. And so people have been through pain, through no fault of their own, and they feel hopeless. They have not been given the tools to heal. They don't know how to heal. They're afraid to heal. Because the brain's purpose is to have joy. So why would you want to go into heal a trauma? Trauma's painful. And so you get stuck because you can't have joy if you're not willing to go into that pain. But going into that pain isn't having joy. So why would you want to do that? So you get stuck. Do you feel the compassion for people now? Do you feel why Jesus loves us? He knows this about us. He knows this. People get stuck in that pain because our purpose is to have joy. And all people want is to have joy and there's accidents that happen. Things don't go right. Someone's got to fill it. Who's going to redeem these people? Who's going to have compassion for these people? Someone's got to do it. That's what the point is when Jesus says, come unto me with a broken heart. Like, fill the pain. Fill the pain of what went wrong. That's coming unto Jesus with a broken heart. You got to fill the pain. You just... Did something that you know is wrong. If you took the vaccine, you got to feel the pain of what you just did. You just hurt your body. And you were trying to do it because you're sick of it. You're just sick of it. And so that was the solution. It was the logical solution. You don't want to have to feel anymore. And you won't be feeling anymore. Unless you can get yourself to that point where it says here, Ye know not, but what they will return and repent and come unto me with full purpose of heart, and I shall heal them. Okay, so there's somebody out there. 
It can heal you. But you've got to fill it. Right? you got to fill it. Then it can be healed. Yeah, your body can heal this stuff. Your body can say, holy crap, there's RNA codes being generated that are not good for me. The body is smart. The body can do that. You got to fill it. You got to recognize that this is damaging. Your body has to say, holy crap, this is not good. Turn that off. Turn that gene off. Turn it off. Body can do it. You've got to associate it. Whatever the pain was that led you to get vaccinated, you got to start associating this pain instead of running from it. Because you're changing, you're no longer human anymore. And if you keep running from it, I mean, look at your beautiful body. Your body can't be beautiful if you're changing the codes. That's why there's aliens. And I'm not into the big, there's going to be some alien agenda. Like if you see like an alien hologram in the sky for the second coming of Jesus, whatever. Alien invasion and all that crap, whatever. Aliens have been around for millions of years. Like just, that's just the fact of it. You don't need to have an alien invasion to be conscious of aliens. Aliens are just beings that lost their God-given DNA because they were playing games with it because they didn't care. These vaccines are playing games with your DNA. And yeah, these people can come back, but not with their bodies. Like the gray aliens, they have to... Whatever process they have to go through so that they can eventually be born into a human body and start over again is a long process. I don't want to have to go through that. You don't want to have to go through that. And you won't be filling. You won't be having a filling that connects you to, to God and joy. If you mess with this DNA crap and lose... And anyway, what's told to me is that these people I love are not human anymore. And I know what that means. It means they got the vaccine. So you can be healed of that, but you've got to repent. You've got to realize that was wrong. You've got to realize that what you did was something that took away your ability to be human. Because being human is your body is making proteins based on the recipe given to us by God. And yes, there's been accidents and mutations in that, but we're, we can heal that. But if you're choosing to get RNA vaccines that actually change the type of recipes your cells are putting out, and this RNA, is its purpose is to try to get to the DNA. It wants to change the DNA. And I'm not sure how it would do that because it, the articles I read don't explain how that works. But I know Bill Gates made a reference to that. So I feel a lot of sorrow. I feel a lot of sorrow for these people. But, you know, everybody knows people who are getting vaccinated. So everybody's feeling this way. It's not too late, but you are not human anymore. It's not too late if you repent and you feel the pain of what you just did. And you turn into Jesus and ask him to help you. Because Jesus is the light in the life. He, he's the one that gives you your daily bread. Okay? The bread to the cells. Who delivers the bread to the cells? Who delivers the living water? The blood. Who's in the blood? The life is in the blood. Who's the life? Jesus is the life. Plain and simple. Jesus can heal your blood of this. But you have to turn to him. He's real. He's a real conscious being.
you know, people talk about the Christ consciousness, but he's like, he's a real, he has a real physical presence too, but his physical presence comprehends all things, comprehends the, the cells in your body. He gets it. And so he is very powerful. I just felt, I just felt his presence just for a split second. And his gratitude for me telling you guys, like, he's a real person. He is a real person. He has real feelings like a real person. He's not just a cloud of consciousness. He's a real human person. He's he's a, a, a transcended the mortal experience, but he's definitely in touch with all of our mortal experiences here. He descended below them all. He loves us more than he loves his own life. He loves us more than he under, uh, loves his own life, you guys. I just had this image of, you know, the story in Gethsemane where Jesus poured out all his blood. Um, what happens after the blood is all shed? What comes out next is his spirit. We're to receive his spirit in us. Isn't that beautiful? All right. Please don't be afraid of your feelings. Please don't be afraid of sorrow. When you feel feelings that are painful and sorrowful and, and hard, that is the path to joy. You have to go through them. You don't have to go through them in <clears throat> large chunks. Go through them in small chunks. But be moving in that direction. And if you've moved away from that by taking this injection, repent, turn around. So many mutations occur because something is going the, the wrong direction. It simply just needs to turn back. Uh I think when you get to like the very basis of molecules of atoms, you get like quarks and leptons. And basically it's like spinning. You get these like little, little quarks that basically they spin one way or they spin the other way. So if you got something that's not right in your body, there's something spinning the wrong way. And if you spin it the right way, then the pain would stop. And David Snyder tells people to do this like take your paint out and look at it give it a color give it a texture what way is it spinning if it was spinning what way is it spinning or is it stagnant you know maybe it's spinning really really slow uh in my mind right now i'm seeing like this wispy green stuff that's like stagnant but barely spinning clockwise okay so then um you got to get it all out get all that paint out look at it give it a texture some of it hides so don't let it hide in the body get it all out look at it and then start spinning it the other way. Notice if it changes color. Start spinning it faster. Now faster. Now faster. 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 Infinitely fast. It's spinning so fast that it could never possibly be stopped. And then put it back in your body. Wherever that pain was. And he does this with people and it heals their pain. Now sometimes people think, well, I can't heal this pain yet. For good reasons. Because if I heal this pain, then I'll get worse pain. Because it could be that that pain's covering up a worse pain that you don't want to deal with. You know what I mean? I mean, why did you hurt your body with the cigarette? The cigarette's heart, hurtful to your body. Because my body was hurting from an emotional pain I couldn't handle. And so the cigarette was a solution 
to the emotional pain, so forth and so on. So we hold on to these false beliefs as to why, because we think, well, if I heal this pain, then I'm going to have more pain and that's not good. And so we actually have, sometimes we have pains that we can't heal yet. We got to work through those false beliefs and realize, no, filling the pain is the path to joy. That's the belief that's true. Okay. You got to fill the pain if you want to be on the path to joy. And so, uh, if you can like accept that, then you can start healing your pains and yeah, it might be painful, but you're going to heal it. So it will be worth it. Right. Um, you might, you know, have a friend, have a qualified therapist that specializes like a peak states Institute, um, certified worker that can help you. So do the regression work. So anyway, or someone who knows Gary A. Flynn's method, which is the process healing method. Anyway, um, I like to have hope. I, I don't believe when the Bible says, well, you'll, you know, be damned forever and all that. No, like, no, it just means you've got healing work to do and you went in the wrong direction. So you got to change. You got to go in the right direction. Instead of ignoring your problems to heal them, you got to start feeling your problems to heal them. And um, maybe you'll make it. Who knows? So thanks for listening to the J Buck podcast and take care. Actually, you know what? I read something on Demon Busters. <laughs> it says don't tell people to take care because if you're telling people to take care, you're essentially telling them to take worry with them. That's not what I mean when I say take care. I'm not I'm not telling you take worry with you. Like be careful, like, you know, I'm telling you because I feel like the word love is misused sometimes when we say I love you because People say, I love you now, like, go buy me a car. <laughs> like, people misuse the word love um, so they can take advantage of people. And so when I use the word care, I'm saying, like, I care about your life. I care about you specifically. Like, if you were hurting, I would feel for you. If you needed, if you were hungry, I would feel for you. I would want you, if I had food and you were hungry, I would give you some of my food. That's what I mean when I say take care. It means I care about you living. I want you to live well. I care that you're living well. If you're not living well, I care about that too. I want you to, I want you, you to live. I want you to be on your side. So when I say take care, I'm telling you, I care about you. Or if I was able to care about you, I would because you deserve to be cared about. Does that make sense? All right. Thanks for listening to the Jake Buck podcast.